0: Welcome to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Brit Happens is an interview-based audio show where successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and thought leaders discuss how they've navigated unexpected career curveballs and turned setbacks into wins and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Our purpose is not just to identify the issues and obstacles, but dive into the thought processes and tactics that can be deployed to overcome challenges all of us face. Send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell the younger
1: Larry? Ooh, man. (laughs) I got a whole book for you. (laughs) I have one of those statistical stories of a mother getting pregnant from the guy she was with. He leaves, she's by herself. And my mom met a guy named Larry Spring that stepped in when she was pregnant. They had me, and then he married her. He gave me his name. My dad never wanted anybody to know. That's why he gave me his name. My entire family knew this, and I didn't find out till I was 22 years old because I was the subject of my mother's master thesis. I would liken the city manager position as being the CEO of any corporate business. I'm responsible for all day-to-day operations, all hiring, firing, all business decision and managing the city as a whole. We have police services, solid waste. We have a water utility, parks, the infrastructure, keeping the roads. I'm nearly 50 years old and I think about my kids. Started a little late, so I do have young kids and a great man that we both know You know I love, your dad, about leaving legacy and where you need to spend time. And it's time for me to start Shifting my focus. Yeah, I'm gonna make some strides, be able to spend more time. Kids, it's critical. My right? kids are 7 Eleven. I think I've learned now how to make money, but much more efficiently. Yeah, I'm still gonna grind, but at the end of the day, I will have more time to do Black Chef. I'll have more time to ride, I'll have more time to be picking up school and on to basketball practice. And I have to say this for the audience Brittany is this brilliant young lady. And when I called on her, I like, agreed, I need some hands on deck. She was right there. And we made a good little piece of change. <laughs> <laughs> With anything in life, nothing lasts forever. Right now, I'm at a place where I think it's time for me to transition from government. You know, one of the business things I love doing, and I'll, I'll describe it more as connected Not a lobbyist, bringing ideas, bringing people together. I'm fortunate to know a lot of people in all spaces have a lot of experience, you know, healthcare, real estate, banking. So I'm going to be bringing all that back together. I'll give you the teaser if you know where I'm going with this.
0: We are here today with Mr. Larry Spring, who is the manager for the city of North Miami. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. He also serves as the executive director of the city's community redevelopment agency. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're incredibly busy, but he stopped by to chat with me.
1: We're family, so I had to do
0: it. I'm going to give a little background to our listeners, and then you can fill in the blanks and elaborate as we continue our conversation. Mr. Spring received his BS in management with a major in accounting from Tulane University. He's also a CPA. Prior to joining the city of North Miami, Larry was the corporate director of budget and productivity for Jackson Health Systems. And prior to that, the assistant city manager for the city of Miami, he is very actively involved in his community and served on the boards of the Miami Foundation. He was in the second class of the Miami Fellows, not to date you. (laughs) (laughs) universal truth community development corporation city of miami bond oversight board the list goes on and on he currently serves on the board for the miami parking authority which is where i think you're coming
1: i'm coming from there right now always on the
0: move and a very proud member of kappa alpha Psi,
1: the best fraternity in the world
0: actually you have the colors on kind of today
1: yes i do okay crimson and cream all day
0: Thank you for that shout out. Larry, for those who don't know, can you explain what exactly a manager for a city does and what you're responsible for?
1: Okay, absolutely. I would liken the city manager position as being the CEO of any corporate business. I'm responsible, and it's outlined in the city's charter, for all day-to-day operations, all hiring, firing, All business decisions and managing the city as a whole. Cities are different from companies in that we don't just do one thing. It's not just a bank or a manufacturer. We have police services, solid waste. We have a water utility, so we provide water, parks, the infrastructure, keeping the roads so we do a gamut of things so your knowledge base really has to be kind of broad obviously i don't know all of those things i'm not (laughs) an engineer and all that stuff but understanding how to manage people processes and then obviously we're the liaison to the elected officials that are voted so i have a mayor i have a council we're part of a manager council form of government so the council is my boss all five members and I'm the CEO. So they're Mm -hmm. the board of directors, and I'm the CEO of the city. I have to deal with the politics, deal with community, constituents. and our city, you know, we're a relatively small city. I would say our new estimate is probably around 70,000 residents and growing. And it keeps you busy. It literally is a 24-7 job because we don't close. Right. The police chief reports to me, you know, head of public work. So if anything happens in the middle of the night, I get a phone call.
0: Holidays, I, there's no days. Holidays,
1: price. there's no days. Okay. I'm attached to my phone. It's my leash.
0: So you have one or two phones?
1: You know, recently, actually when I started this, I actually just went to one phone. Really? Yeah. People do it to protect themselves from public record requests mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you know, me, you know me for a long time. I'm just a transparent person. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing illegal going on or anything that I need to hide because I do have, I have to disclose everything anyways. Right. So I'm like, why am I going to go through... The hassle of two phones and it causes other personal issues. I was going to say, as that question came out of my mouth, I was
0: like, "Mm, maybe. And then, okay. I just deal with one phone. That's easier. So, Larry, during your tenure, two of your focal points, I know, have been keeping the city fiscally sound and getting better leverage out of the city-owned assets. So, what do you think gives the city of North Miami a major advantage over other cities in our region?
1: Well, right now, we're a growing city, and as cited in Miami, we're the fastest-growing city in Dade County right now. In large part, and because of what's going on in the city of Miami, the vast development is pushing, you know, It's good and bad. You know, it's pushing some buyers and homeowners to seek other areas to live in, areas they probably would not have considered 10 to 12 years ago because we have good housing stock and reasonable housing stock. The other thing is, you know, geography is everything. We are centrally located between the Miami airport and Fort Lauderdale airport. We have waterfront properties that are $47 million and we have... Working class communities that have houses that are 200,000. We're on I 95, you know, and we can get anywhere from our city fairly quickly. I would say the other big thing that's going on we have probably the largest redevelopment project in the state of Florida happening in our city the uh, Solomia project. Mm-hmm. And this is a project that's been in the works for actually since the 60s. Wow, I know. And it know just that. finally came to fruition. Okay. It's not not even, we've probably done phase half one, not even <laughs> phase one complete, but the developers, uh, Turnberry and um, Frack, have done a great job of actually getting this thing really moving, and it's happening, so a lot all of those things together, thing. I think, make it a great city.
0: And you mentioned the proximity to airports, for example, and to the bay. Transportation is big for me, and I think everyone, especially roads and rail, I think it's badly needed here in our region to remain competitive and to spur future growth. So without giving away any trade secrets, of course, can you share what's planned and what's the status of the rail station within the city?
1: Absolutely. For that one commissioner who doesn't like this, I apologize now. We've spent a significant amount of time and energy on planning for rail and FEC. I've had countless meetings with them. You know, our mayor sits on the TPO, just like other mayors around. And we've done our own mobility study where we consider two rail, two stop sites, one at 125th Street and one at 151st. Obviously, and this is my professional opinion, the stop at 125th Street is the stop that I think needs to be the stop. Because it provides for more than just an access point for our citizens. It actually provides for an access point to the region. Because right. 125th Street is a corridor that goes from the beach All the way to I ninety five and connects people from aventura all the way to downtown Miami. So for me, instead of driving from, say you live in North Miami Beach, instead of driving, trying to meander your way to I ninety five, very heavily traffic congested Biscayne Boulevard, Uh drive to one twenty fifth, park in the parking garage, jump on a train and go north to south. And you know, I know with Coastal Link and Brightline, you know those things can be a reality. Okay. And we done the things that are necessary to encourage it. We just recently approved the up zone, a little bit more a quarter round radius around that stop site. So now, it's FEC's plan to develop around stop. Right. So we've made it a zoning possibility by like quadrupling our density around that area. Okay. So now, you know, government, you know, our leadership, our board, we have made the changes. Mm-hmm. So now it's a waiting game. See what the market does, because you know, again, you know, all we can do is encourage, right, and do the right things. And I think that's where it's going to be. Obviously, there are folks out there, you know, and I get it too. Mm-hmm. They would like to stop to be at one hundred and fifty first because that's where the media project is. I was going to say, what's the yeah? That's the big one. yeah. And so, honestly, we actually did the same thing there. Now we did the upzoning there because we saw the opportunity as well, because we need to have more mixed use residential. So we did an overlay on the west side of this game, Solomon is on the east side of this game at 151st. And you know, obviously they were encouraging it. And I know there's been land sales and we're expecting some nice buildings to come up. First the market yes wins the station. So we'll see what happens. The good thing about it is, regardless of if it's at one or the other, the city of North Miami benefits so because we get a stop.
0: Right. Pragmatically, I agree with 125th. Obviously, I think the private sector is pushing for the other. I mean, maybe eventually we can have an express and a local. I can see a local stop, but that doesn't make any sense for me personally, too.
1: So the brilliance of Larry Spring I met FEC a couple of years ago, and I asked for two stops. Okay. Both locations. And I said, is it a possibility in some, you know, not immediately, but say a 15 or 20 year development timeline? And they said, absolutely, based on what you just said. See, so, you plan for both,
0: and you wait. I agree. I mean, we can't consider Miami a world-class city without. without this, and it seems like everyone's saying the same thing over and over. What should the public be excited about, and what are you guys doing to be competitive? So,
1: talk about competitive. You know, you create some excitement in yes. your city, and make it a place, a destination. So, I think you guys have heard about Chinatown, right? This kind of quirky idea. Hey, let's, you know what? Chinatown, what is that? And We had a councilman who kind of took the lead. You know, he got the, he got the idea, pushed it, in, and was supported. But Chinatown really is it's just about redevelopment. That's what you're supposed to be doing: Redevelopment and encouraging economic development. It could have been called Larrytown or Brittanytown. It could have been anything, but we chose this thing. What's exciting about it is we've been doing all the work. We did the master plan. The gateways will be coming in soon, but recently the city acquired a site control of a couple of acre property right in the middle of Chinatown, and actually, it actually was in the Herald the other day. We're preparing the site to be an entertainment venue in the middle of 7th Avenue for the first time in forever. We'll be kicking it off during Super Bowl weekend, Ooh, fun. and uh, I uh, cajoled a good friend of mine that you guys might know, a guy named Uncle Luke, Mickey yes. Campbell to do his Super Bowl party.
0: Oh, I saw when he was posting <laughs>
1: the video of them. Yes.
0: Where is that site where they're taking you So the site, out?
1: the site is located on 7th Avenue between okay. 124th Street okay. and 123rd across the street from the licking. So, so if
0: we had a train station.
1: Boom, we're there.
0: It's, all right. <laughs> and most importantly, how do I get invited to the party? You're on a list <laughs> of
1: important individuals that need to be there to help spur the excitement you're okay. already there you're already there
0: thank you this is memorialized yes, yes. i'm actually No serious. but we're definitely <laughs> no no i know you are.
1: no we're excited i've known Luke for a very long time um and you guys have seen him in the community he's serious about Miami he ran for mayor he believes in the kids mm-hmm. in fact had we were trying to get him to host the for that weekend his game that he has with Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. at our stadium oh that was interesting. so cool. we were going to mm-hmm. pull off an entire weekend we're mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the, you know, we had some logistical issues, but he's turned out to be a great partner. And also, the venue will be available for other promoters oh, and, cool. okay. and folks. I've actually been talking to some some very popular ones. You know, I'll, I'll give a shout out to my girl, Alexis Brown. Oh, Social I love exchange. Alexis, yes. Um, everybody from Richmond Heights I love because that's my neighborhood. So, I've had some conversations with her. majestic group who are physically located in North Miami. and They've been doing a lot of parties over the years. But we're looking to make it bigger and better than the wharf, bigger and better than Wynwood Yard, bigger and better than anything you've seen. Because okay. Because we'll have parking.
0: That's major.
1: We'll have parking. We have the tents. We have a garden. You can see it from I-95. Mm-hmm. and It's you know, going to be
0: lit, as they say.
1: Yes. And we have our kickoff with the unofficial mayor of Miami, Luther Campbell. So.
0: Okay. And <laughs> well, I know anything that Luke's involved in is going to be incredible. Great. Like you said, he is a huge activist, and I feel like a lot of people don't even realize how, how much he invests in the community. So that brings me to because you already answered my question on Chinatown. You've worked really hard on getting the crime rate down in your area. So, what things can you share? Because I'm really excited about this project that you spoke about to make people feel that comfortable. After
1: sundown. So, so, you know, it's interesting. I mean, crime statistics are what they are, right? Mm-hmm. They're recorded and, you know, they're governed by federal law and all this stuff. But I realized something when I came to North Miami. I, I started out as a consultant there initially and then got the job like four months after being there. The perception of an area or a city is just that a lot of times. I went into this situation and whatever misconceptions I had in North Miami were. Completely allayed my first three weeks there.
0: Oh wow, okay.
1: And so even
0: you going into this had your own preconceived
1: I absolutely. Did. Okay. And I'm sure in the past there were things, you know, gang issues that they're right. you know, there in many communities around South Florida. But I would say we took a bad situation, turned it into a good one. You recall a few two and a half years ago, we had one of those national shooting incidents mm-hmm. in our city where unfortunately one of our officers accidentally shot a bystander that happened to be a black man laying on the ground with his hands up who was trying to protect his patient mm-hmm. from a group home. That incident was horrible mm-hmm. and it taught us a lot of lessons and it put North Miami and me personally in a very serious situation that I had to react to. And I didn't do it alone. I went to the community, a matter of fact, Talked about Luther Campbell, actually called me. Circle of Brotherhood stood by me. NAACP, 100 Black Men in South Florida, Autism Speaks, all of the Sant La, all of the pastors in North Miami, all the various churches, they came and helped me craft a change management plan, if you will, for our department. Okay. That helped better train them. We got body cams instituted. We did more community outreach, more community policing. Because the police department, while they're there to protect and serve, they should be part of the community. And like before, I've been profiled as a black man in America. But the neighborhood I grew up in, my dad was the local barber. So I knew every police officer in my neighborhood. Thus, I couldn't, even if I tried, I couldn't get in trouble.
0: Right. (laughs) That's a good good thing.
1: (laughs) It is a great thing. I would get in trouble, but I wouldn't be part of the system. And there was some respect, not fear. Our new police chief, Larry Juriga, has done a great job. Probably have one of the most diverse police departments in this. They're out in the street every day, all of them, his entire command staff, the officers. And that, I think, has been the difference in changing the perception. Yes, we've had incidents here or there, but what we've come to realize, those aren't seated in cells or individuals that live or reside in our city it just happens to be we have all these commercial quarters like 7th avenue and i-95 and they are just passing through and <laughs> committed so they're heavily trafficked areas <laughs> that is. happen to be hey, yeah. and we've had a couple of instances and boom we take care of it. it's done okay Eradicated. our citizens and literally and this is a, a statistic that's out our crime rate is the lowest it's been since like the 70s wow that's Let's <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sure. Okay. No, but like it took an entire effort of all 125 members of that police department, men and women, to get us there, and the community working with exactly. Community.
0: And like you said, the constituents and the right. other
1: stakeholders, everybody. Yes. So crime will not be an issue.
0: What's the name of the venue? Have you guys the named name, it yet? Yes.
1: Yeah, so the name of the venue is Nomi Red Garden. Okay. And it's going to have some Asian themes to it, but not...
0: Not uh, super... Yeah, so this, yeah, yeah. this is in Chinatown.
1: So it's in the Chinatown district. So it needs it's to be on in the... It's okay. on, 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 in the middle of the Chinatown district. But we didn't want to be too focused on the theme. All right. It's really about the venue and creating that one thing that creates the spark. Okay. You know, look at what happened in the river down here. Wharf came in and, you know, it was a temporary thing. And It started out with just a little tent. Next thing was, you know. It's the spot, right? And now they've opened up another, another. one, Durrell, right? the, the one in Fort Lauderdale, and oh, they really? have. And uh, I just heard today that they're redoing that site. They're going to be temporarily in Coconut Grove.
0: But I guess the major difference is the proceeds of Nomi Garden go directly to that goes Well, they to will the benefit
1: community. depend. Well, depending on what the issue, so okay. we're doing this event, okay, in conjunction okay. with Lube. proceeds will go to obviously they're public funds, so they go to our offers, but. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we have a 501c3 okay. that is a utility assistance fund. So some of the proceeds will be going to that fund. That fund helps North Miami residents who can't pay their water bill or need a little assistance. We help direct. Okay. So all we're right. doing good with the money.
0: This has all been extremely interesting. But for anyone listening, they're thinking, Larry has such a cool job. There's all these exciting things happening. But on um, Britt Happens, I like to humanize everyone and discuss overcoming different obstacles and how even if you're not in politics or in your industry we can apply some of your tactics and strategies so you've worked in both the private and the public sectors and I personally believe there's pros and cons to each in your position there's far more public scrutiny, but on both ends you're held accountable, whether that's to shareholders on the private side or the stakeholders, which are the taxpayers in public, in your current position. So what strategies have you applied to navigate through this difficult environment working on the municipal side?
1: I think it boils down to a very consistent deployment of but your morals, your fundamental moral character, character, your professionalism, and then your technical skills. Transparency, obviously, is big with it. For me, yes, it's difficult to navigate the politics. I've been blessed to have some people, a lot of people around me help do that. But the bottom line is come up with a plan, communicate your plan, execute your plan, and don't be afraid to make a mistake. Because we make mistakes in life. Make the mistake, correct it, and recover and Mm -hmm. move on. The other thing I try to, I stand behind my decisions that are made, because sometimes those are difficult, in the face of political obstacles or community obstacles, opposition in general.
0: Right, and now with social media, everyone makes it even even more difficult. Everyone has an opinion and it's blasted. And And you can't,
1: like I have a rule, and not for this, Mm -hmm. not for these platforms, I don't read blogs.
0: Right. Out of sight, out of mind. It keeps your read, mind right. clear well, and it's, it's more than that.
1: When I was at the city of Miami, the entire organization was overly consumed with some bloggers. And they would write stories. And after a while, you start to realize, that's not true. They said I was in Houston coming out of somebody's hotel room and I'm sitting in my office. Where, <laughs> right. I've been
0: you, here for the past yeah, month. Yeah. Yeah, what, are
1: you, what are you talking about? And I realized that they have their platform. They're yeah. trying to get... Under skin and get a reaction, the reaction and make money exactly. So, one of the things, even when I interviewed for North Miami, very clear to my potential bosses at the time. By the way, I see that there's this blogger here that you guys are very consumed with, and I don't read blogs, so just know if you hire me, whatever's written there, I'm not gonna know what it is, and I'm not gonna certainly not gonna react to it. I think that was a little difficult for them to accept initially. issue. They not the first time, you know, running around. Did you read the blog? No, I didn't. Right. But remember what like I your said?
0: <laughs> Right. Let's get back to why, why I'm <laughs> why here. here.
1: Right. Oh, but I think you should. No, nah, I think I should have told you at the beginning. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, they said very nice things. And I said, and eventually they'll say very mean things. I know how this works. And I stuck to that. It is probably the best thing that served me in this position. Okay. is not listening to those outside forces let me deal with a constituent you have a problem let me deal with your problem right there's flooding on your street come on let's have a meeting let's get the public works in here and let's deal with that i'm not gonna get into this back and forth about oh uh, you don't like this particular person today so let me get a public record of all your travel requests and your emails mm-hmm. and see if i can find something in there right and make up something I don't believe in that and I think it serves the public, is a disservice to the public. Because now when you Google that stuff, it's there, it's on the internet forever. Yeah. And people will read that. You know, imagine being on the other side of the country and somebody brings up a, a blog post as a real article. Oh, I read this. Mm-hmm. Did this really happen? Like, what are you talking about? Like it's
0: interesting <laughs> how now credibility and I feel like even with quote unquote real newspapers, right. some of that stuff. It's a it's, it's, it's there, it, it errs on the
1: side. Is this a blog or is this supposed to be right. unbiased news? Well, newspapers are businesses, right? They got to make money. So I have seen, just like you, I think they hire staff writers that are more bloggers right. than journalists. Right. I've seen situations with quote unquote journalists that write stories, but they don't do two sources, which, are, you know, no normal practice, check, no checking, fact check. And it's in there. My biggest thing is I love being quoted or having a statement attributed to me that's not in quotations in writing, and you never talk to me. That's and
0: oxymoronic. My lawyer's
1: here with just trying to see how far this lawsuit I'm about to get you <laughs> to go. So this is not a quote. Oh, no, I, I paraphrased it from something you said on the dais. So is this in context of what I was
0: saying on the dais? And by definition, that's <laughs> not a statement, right? That's not a statement, right? So, so you need to you retract know, this.
1: And... but those are things that I had to learn. I've been in public governance now for about seventeen years, wow, and and with some private sector mix mixed in the military mm-hmm. more recently. But those are things I had to learn how to deal with what questions to ask. Some I mean, you have to say me the questions in right, and I'm just gonna respond in writing some others yeah you can have a conversation knowing how to say this is off the record because i need to give you context before i make this statement and those are things that you learn over time going back to your first question what does a city manager do you have to deal with pr and saying the right things because you know i've seen a little thing go bad in a day zero to 100 real quick like real quick real quick so that's good (laughs) right
0: navigate to me that's probably one of like i was saying a lot more scrutiny. One right. little statement, someone can hold on to that and Get use it, it in it. Yeah, <coughs> beyond that, You're right? So I know that you love to cycle. Yes. Online, you are Instagram's black chef.
1: I am. Please see me at Larry M. Spring on Instagram. No black spaces. Chef, no spaces.
0: Larry M. Spring, and, and right. You'll so see he, the black chef. Well,
1: if I approve you. Because my page is private. It's,
0: it's private. I was <laughs> going to say, like, you can request. Yeah. But I love to bake. So when I see you cooking, I relate. So my stress relievers are exercise and baking, being in the kitchen. And then you bring your kids in and they are like the sous chefs of the black chef. Yes, so yes. I was going to attribute that not only to your strategies with navigating PR aspect and not taking things personal, but in your private life. Your kids, cooking, cycling, drinking, dating. Drinking. D- bars. <laughs> I mean, hey, you got, every now and again, you need a glass of wine or a shot of tequila. I don't know. Or vodka. Whatever your choice is. What are two of your favorite dishes, Black Chef?
1: I think lately, and I'm going to pick two of my fan favorites. Okay. Because they're my kids. The biggest critics are my kids if you see Black Chef. <laughs> it's my shrimp pesto fettuccine. Fancy. And my chicken lasagna. Okay. Right. those are two of my in fact it's funny recently I just got a, a request from uh, a black chef fan mm-hmm. that really like they called me like I need the whole recipe right this right. is well, not I'm enough in, this is a I'm, teaser yeah, I'm in the grocery store I need the whole thing and I walk through it sometimes I don't like to share my recipes right you should ones. probably
0: like omit two main <laughs> ingredients something <laughs> so real minor same, so why is yours better okay there's a little sprinkle of, that, that you just will never know yeah and they don't need to know okay
1: but those things, I mean, I cook. I started doing the video as just like a whatever, right? Mm-hmm. One day and I did another one, another, and then you know, somebody he said something here or like that. And I really got into it. the biggest compliments are people I've known, you know, from college or, you know, long, even longer in life. And they're like, man, I love this because you're with your kids. Right. And I'm like, yeah, this is legacy stuff for me. You know, having a great-grandmother who was alive to 103, my grandmother in her 80s, living in Louisiana, I have my other mothers around me that helped influence my cooking because I grew up in a family of matriarch. This is their legacy coming forth. So it won't be my kids' mom that teach them how to cook. It'll be me. And with, you know, the Miami Flair... The Caribbean flair, my grandfather's Bahamian, my Louisiana flair, all mixed in to what is you know a soul food, down. yeah, right. and it's soul food that's to pass down, and I love it. You know, so you obviously, gotta- I've talked to some people about maybe that should be your next career. You know, if you get somebody to do it, it's fun, like it's no stress to it, see? and you see normally in black chef always as a drink. <laughs> Be
0: so that could, <laughs> be, that could be a part of the recipe. You need to be on a certain level. You need, you a need to, have a, little, level, yeah, yeah, to have right. a little something to relax, to relax you, yourself. Right. And then you, you do your Then you
1: out. proceed. Okay. And then cooking is one of those things. You know, I have to be a little bit more diligent because I don't measure because it's a feel and a taste mm-hmm. and not. All right, put one quarter cup of X. Like, y'all see me just pour a little milk in here and do this. It's and far more
0: art than a science. Completely. So, even if you gave the recipe, they can't duplicate it. Right. Okay. I definitely think that you should maybe make another page just for Black Chef. Black Chef.
1: An entertainment lawyer told me that, too. I need to go ahead and archive the episodes. As Larry (laughs) said, the genius buttoning, you heard it here. She's telling me. Yes. I'll pay you $5. Okay, it's
0: better than nothing. I really think you should. I do like that ass, Larry... Where do you see yourself in five to ten years?
1: I see myself probably sooner than five years. With anything in life, you know, change, nothing lasts forever. And honestly, right now I'm at a place where I think it's time for me to transition from government. Really? I've been kind of working on my transition plan. And, you know, one of the business things I love doing, and I'll describe more as connecting. Not a lobbyist. And maybe I'm a consultant, but with a CPA, so I do work bringing ideas, bringing people together. But I think I'll be, you know, we're in Miami, and Miami's real estate base, and I'm fortunate to know a lot of people in all spaces. I have a lot of experience, you know, health care and real estate, banking. So I'm going to be bringing all that back together again. So it'll be, you know, while I'm giving you the teaser, You I think you know where I'm going with this. I think Can uh, we connect the dots here? I <laughs> think Achievement Consulting will be uh back in operation in full operations come twenty twenty.
0: Really? Now mind you guys, this is mid December twenty nineteen.
1: <laughs> yes. Achievement consulting. Everybody I remember, achievement consulting? I remember I was browsing
0: through my, <laughs> my inbox and trying to find your <laughs> Gmail and I was like, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, Achievement Consulting will be back in twenty twenty.
0: It's making its debut.
1: It is. Well reappearing. It never but, left. Right, my bad. It's, it never left What do they call a re grand opening? A re grand opening, a rebranding. But yeah, we got to bring it back. It's time, you know, I'm nearly 50 years old and I think about my kids. You know, I started a little late, so I do have young kids and a great man that we both know, you know, I love, your dad, about leaving legacy Mm -hmm. and where you need to spend time. And it's time for me to start shifting my focus. Yeah, I'm going to. You know, make some strides. Be able to spend more time, kids. It's critical. My right? kids are seven and eleven, yeah. and I think I've learned now how to make money, but much more efficiently. Yeah, I'm still going to grind, but at the end of the day, I will have more time to do black chef. I'll have more time to ride. Have more time to be picking up a school and going mm-hmm. to basketball practice. Your dad inspired me. One thing he did with your brother, and I, I'm sure he did it with you and your sister too, but. He took pride in this. I went to every football game from little league through the NFL. He did. That is a commitment to your child and something that they love to do. And he always got on me about that. Larry, like, forget the work, kids. So I remember when I had my first kid. He's like, "That's what's important now." And so it's time for me to pivot to that. Um, but also do it, like I said, achievement when I when it was open and operating fully before it gave me a. The ability to work hard make mm-hmm. money but have a very flexible schedule i need to get back to that right? and there's a lot of opportunities here
0: tons well first off congratulations thank you i'm excited for you hopefully you'll have your 50th birthday at nomi red garden and i'm inviting myself just like i invited myself to the super bowl i'm sure, I don't know
1: who the city manager will be then but hey i expect to have a, a lifetime pass
0: (laughs) thank you thank you and I completely agree as cliche as it sounds time and flexibility are the most important resources at least for me so it would be a shame for you just to grind so much that you can't spend as much time with with your legacy and we're looking forward to more black chef and sous chef moments
1: black chef will be it's holidays oh right we don't see some real okay I from Louisiana, should be in a couple days. Oh, so
0: you're doing like a crawfish thing?
1: So, you know, I think you guys seen me do my traducan on Black Chef, trducken. some Black Chef episodes. Trducken. Trducken. You don't know what a traducan is? Trducken. So a traducan is a turkey and a duck? stuffed with a chicken. Oh. Stuffed with a duck. How big is that turkey? You know, it was about, you know, 15, you know, okay. 15, I like that. A you know, traducan. And, uh, you know, with, you know, sausage dressing and, you know, cornbread dressing. all
0: Totally anti-vegan.
1: Well, yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, not that Black Chef discriminates because Black Chef has a, an assistant who is completely vegan. So when she comes, her and her husband come, I have to make vegan mashed potatoes and vegan this. Okay. You know, she's trying to get me to make my chicken lasagna vegan. I'm like, look, we're going to have to experiment with that a couple of times before it even go on Black Chef.
0: Or you just eat the rice.
1: That too. Oh, right. You just
0: eat the side. Sorry, rice doesn't go with lasagna, but you get my point. Right. Okay.
1: So we'll figure that out.
0: I'm excited for you, Larry. Thank you for sharing with us. Not a problem. So this is called the Fire Away Round. I'm going to ask you some questions, and you have to just answer the first thing that comes to mind.
1: I wasn't expecting this. Okay. That's why. Fire Away.
0: (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Okay. What was the last thing you ordered from Amazon? Fans. Fans. like...
1: Like a fan, like a little personal fan.
0: Okay. It was a gift. For someone else? Yes. No offense. Who wants a fan? An
1: old lady that needs oh, a fan. Oh, okay. I just wanted to know. I hope that's not a Christmas gift for your no, no, significant no, 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 other. No, no, no. no you
0: no, need no, to leave him. No, no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Okay. <laughs> what if she wanted a fan?
0: <laughs> I don't think you would.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah, I, would. I, yeah I would Yeah, I wouldn't.
0: Alright, on a scale of one to ten, ten being psycho crazy, how weird are you? Weird? Weird. Maybe a six. A six? A six? A seven? I need to ask... Your Why? kids and someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He says he's only a six of weird. All right. What's your biggest pet peeve?
1: Telling me one thing and doing something else.
0: I have to completely agree. <laughs> I can't stand it. Yeah. Just stick to your word. That's all you have. Yeah. All right. What books are you currently reading?
1: The Four Agreements. Well, the Four Agreements, yes. I'm little...
0: If you can send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell the younger Leary?
1: ooh, man, <laughs> I got a whole book for you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be the other book
0: you're reading with the four agreements. <laughs>
1: you know what? I, wow. I would have told him take more advantage of the opportunities in front of you now. It will pay off exponentially.
0: Okay. Is this like low hanging fruit or making
1: the best out of the I, I, situation? I, I, and Well, I got to give, I know it's fine, I, I answered it, but I got to give context to that. Sure. Back in 2002, I was asked to come from the private sector, banking, vice president of a bank. Shout out to Total Bank, which is no longer. And Adrian <laughs> Arsh of the Arch Center. Shout out to them and mm-hmm. the family. I went from there to working for Manny Diaz. But I was completely new to government and didn't realize what I was stepping into. Okay. I got to do some amazing things and work on some amazing things and be exposed to some amazing things. But I think I was, I don't want to say I was mesmerized by the experience. Wasn't leveraging the experience Mm -hmm. at that time to say that I'm probably one of few African Americans in the country to negotiate a complete Major League Baseball stadium deal. That's big. That's big. That's major. That's major. No pun. But I didn't, I don't think I leveraged it enough.
0: Like you said, I was in the work. This is so cool. Right. Enjoying the work. Right. And I was in
1: the work. I was trying to make sure I did the right thing and I was in the work. Not to say I wouldn't be in the work, but then be in the work, but then have your. Have your little side notepad Right know, and Have this, entrepreneurial Yeah, let me on. call Bud Selick after this Because I, I don't want to do this Over here no more Okay Keep and build uh, all Those yeah. relationships So It definitely be You know Almost like that Back to the future Where my man had the Almanac Oh yeah okay. Here's the an almanac And look on page 77 And that's it That's mm-hmm. all you need Give myself that Personal almanac Hey Remember when you did This going to happen but make a right Okay Okay <laughs> Not left, really, and got some of the mistakes I need, you know, I would still want to go through. I went through some, you know, very, everybody knows it publicly, stuff with the city and SEC and all that stuff. And I wouldn't change that stuff, that experience for anything, because it really taught me a lot about not being naive and dealing with people and things. You know, you got to pay attention. You got to make sure you're reading. Luckily, I did, but, you know, sometimes those things in life where people turn. On a dime, Mm -hmm. you don't need it. How did I get here again? It'll be something small. So really giving myself that almond a personal almanac.
0: I like that. Yeah. Larry, who are the two or three people who have been most influential to you?
1: You know, I'm going to say this is cliche. My mother, my father, and my grandmother. My dad. I have one of those statistical stories of a mother getting pregnant from the guy she was with. He leaves. She's by herself. And my mom met a guy named Larry Spring that stepped in when she was pregnant. They had me. And then he married her. He gave me his name and told, you know, my family members knew. Mm-hmm. And they never, my dad never wanted anybody to know. That's why he gave me his name. My entire family knew this. And I didn't find out till I was 22 years old. Wow. Because I was the subject of my mother's master thesis. That's how you found out? She gave it to me. Oh, okay. And she was scared to tell me as a kid. She thought it would screw me up. (laughs) So... You know, it didn't. Actually, I take pride in, you know, yeah, I'm one of those kids too. And yeah, people ask, well, you don't want to find your biological father. I'm like, got a dad. Right, that's that's (laughs) your dad. That's my dad. Yeah. When I found that out at that age, I already respected my dad and all of the gifts he's given me and, and my siblings, but it took him to another level of respect for me because I knew the definition of a real father, a real man, and now I have... A real, I have that legacy, not that I didn't have it before, but even more charged to take it on, you know. You know, he's not, my dad's old school from South Carolina, but he always told me and my brothers and sisters, even till today, he loves us, he loves his grandkids, he's kissing them and doting on them. He used to kiss us as kids at the barbershop, and I'd be like, dad, come on, man. This is embarrassing. My homies are here, I can't (laughs) be doing this. You know, as I get older, I realize what a jewel I had at that barbershop, and I still do. Mm -hmm. The legacy the relationships Even now Like a commissioner Moss has known me Since I was a little kid because my dad Cousin's hair <laughs> you, and, didn't, you didn't even community. know I thing. didn't know yeah. I knew Mr. Moss From the park Because right. he was a commissioner At the park I didn't know He was a commissioner Of the county Right oh. <laughs> So you know Obviously I got older, And they care about me mm-hmm. Like they legitimately Care about me mm-hmm. Or H.T. Smith Legitimately mm-hmm. cares about me My frat brother Also from the barbershop Okay But at the time, yeah, I knew that was HT, the lawyer, but I didn't know, hey, you part of the circle, the mm-hmm. family circle now. And those are people I can call on right now in my professional career. If I need anything, they're there for me. My mother, because she's a strong woman, she was a single mother for a while. My parents got divorced when I was a little mm-hmm. younger. And she held it down. She mm-hmm. never, and she's inspiring because this is a woman who never gave up on education. She graduated from college the same week I graduated from High school,
0: oh, that was cute. Uh, was, yeah, same week we okay. took the
1: graduation pictures together. A whole lot. Shout out to Coral Gables High School, the best high school near Miami. Yeah, your brother
0: graduated. You're right, Brooke team. and Dow.
1: So I'll <laughs> say, okay, go Cavs on their behalf. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. I digress. And she gives the inspiration to: it's never too late, never mm-hmm. give up. She's already gone through a whole nother career and, oh, really? and retired. Okay. And so you know, she that's she taught inspiration, you the perseverance. Right? My grandmother, she's just. I spent so much time with her. I spent every summer with her. This is my mother's mother. Okay. Annie Pender. She, this woman never took no for an answer. Like, like never. Like. I need some, I, I need some of that. Like, I grew up with this example, this woman, this little 4'11 woman who was the overseer of a church that her husband built with his bare hands, still is, and she's 84. She's not in the pulpit anymore, but man, What church do you go to? I'm actually a member of Universal Truth Center. In, okay. Uh, Carol City. Oh, okay. Have been since I was like fifteen.
0: Oh, so that's the universal truth community about oh, okay. I didn't realize that was connected yeah. to it. Okay. Yeah,
1: But seeing her like she taught me the lesson of don't take no for an right. answer. All right, you don't want to do it? Alright, I'm gonna go right around you 'cause we'll okay. do it.
0: Or like my dad tells me, you keep on asking, not until they say no, but hell no. Right. So was she the one that also taught you how to cook?
1: She so she gave me a little. Okay. My Bahamian grandfather gave me Oh a so lot. The, her husband.
0: Oh, okay. So that's really me, where the patriarchal cooking
1: started. His watching him a little bit, you know, because he wasn't doing too much, but you know, he fried that fish. He wasn't that, doing too much. You know, get get with that fish. He talks how they eat fish. a whole Oh, uh, what? Just snap a whole fried snapper. Just that's the best, sh- the head and all. He taught me how to eat that without eating the bones.
0: See, he doesn't <laughs> post that on his uh, black chef. His black chef is a little bit more bougie, but maybe, I mean, maybe he'll go more fish down fish right. I've got
1: some salmon on there. You,
0: exactly, you got <laughs> fillets. Yeah, you know I've never done seen no, the whole, whole eye and stuff.
1: Okay, yeah. all right, all right. See, chef it. menu, I got it. Fried snapper, fried full. snapper, full, full. Okay, no, but those three. Certainly have influenced my life, you know, and it's not cliche. Now you know I have a plethora of other big brothers around me. Your dad being a big one, Joe Ariola being a big one. You know, they they came to me at a time. You know, I need. I will say this is a a lesson, and there's many of them. Go ahead, Mandy you need mentors throughout your entire life. Just because you're 50 don't mean you don't need a mentor. Right. And you'll be surprised. You may seek someone, you know, like James Champion. He's also one of my frat brothers, also a mentor of mine. Came to each other at a time. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I needed him to help me God got me through what I was dealing with at that time and you know we stay connected we don't see each other as much but we're still connected stay with your mentors and your mentors may not you know it'd be a funny type situation it may not be oh would you please be my mentor right it may just be your people that you had there the whole time hey can i talk to you because this is going on an organically grown relationship right and don't be afraid to ask for help man like that's what we're here for you know i won't get into names but i recently helped partner of mine, his son, who I've known since he was a kid, got himself into some trouble and, you know, got on a bad way. He's making his way back and he needed a little help. And so he called me up. He explained to me what the situation was. I was like, I got him. He's like, what? That's like, I got him. Tell him to come over to the office. We're going to give him a job. We're going to get him set up. This young man is now, was the employee of the year in my organization. I knew he had comes good stop. stock mm-hmm. good breed so i knew he had yeah he, he made a literally one yeah. dumb decision and not a tragic one you know just something stupid that mm-hmm. set him off a little bit and his dad his uncle yeah, like i ran into him over the basil weekend they're like man thank you what you did and i'm like y'all stop thanking me you don't have to thank me because here's what i do know if it were my son you you would have did it for him right they're like yeah you're right and I said, that's all I need to know. Right. <laughs>
0: and, and, and we need more people like that because like we were saying, offline, right. there are, still are some people who if the shoe was on the other f- they
1: ain't doing it. I, right. So <laughs> Busters. We ain't getting the names. No well, no no names.
0: There. We're not gonna no, Right. No, gonna but no no we'll name. just bust but we will them. talk to them. Right. We'll talk to them <laughs> offline but no, name. no, they man, no names. They don't we I guess know their heart, yeah. I guess. Anyway, this was really fun, Larry. I am so happy that you... Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. ...zoomed over here after your civic commitments. Yes. I'm really excited about the next chapter. I'm looking forward to being invited to the celebrations...
1: They will be happy,
0: and I would love to work together in your new achievements. As before, okay,
1: you were part of achievement before. Don't forget, you. Are, oh, I don't. You, I, I don't you, have <laughs>
0: amnesia like like our best <laughs> friends. You <Yeah, like.
1: laughs> doing it. You you helped, and I have to say this for the audience: Brittany is this brilliant young lady. And when I called on her, like Brittany, I need some hands on deck. She was right there. And we made a good little piece of change. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, Larry. That's very kind of you. Yes, mm-hmm. I do remember. That was some... That was a
1: tough piece of change, too. I'm glad we collected it.
0: <laughs> you know what? I was going just...
1: <laughs> But that's that. Whole... That was an interesting. That was interesting. You know, them people still call me. They need some help right now. Are you... Maybe we need to talk offline. Maybe. No, but that's we got to do that more. Mm-hmm. I'll end with this. There's a community of us here. We've been here. grew up here. We know each other. We're affiliated. We're family. And, you know, we talk about Black Miami and disparity. You know, I've started to change that narrative now. I'm not waiting on someone to give me anything Mm -hmm. anymore. We have the knowledge. We got the lawyers. We got the finance people. We got the political relationships. It's time for us to come together, get beside egos and pride. It just worked together. It's for our own benefit. You know, they've done it in other cities. They do it in Atlanta all day, every day. They do it in Chicago, DC. Right. There's no reason why we shouldn't do it together ourselves. We're holding ourselves back. And I get it, it's psychological. But we gotta we gotta change the narrative. So the rest of my time on the planet will be focused on that. And a neighbor, since we only live 10 blocks away We can away literally cartwheel to each other. You don't have to, you know, i meet you at the Starbucks <laughs> or at the Daily. You know, it's right there. It's right. Right, it's right. We
0: need a part two, like I was saying. Part two. But thank you again, Larry. My pleasure. Okay. Have an awesome weekend. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to visit us at www.brithappens.com. Bye.